and welcome to another episode of Travel Our World podcast. This is episode nine. This is the family holiday pod. Hello, Damien, my fellow co-host. How are you, my friend? It's I'm been very- a while. It certainly has. I mean, long time no speak or see. Um, yeah, as you said, it's been a while. We've we've had a bit of a break. Uh, we've got the last episodes coming up. So as as Martin said, the family holiday pod is tonight's one, and the last one will be with Martin and a few guests. Um, he will divulge a bit more information about that, and then we're going to take a break uh, for November, December. Um, get ready for the Christmas festivities. We'll be back fighting fit in 2022. Uh, we're going to try and introduce some new podcasts, uh, get some new people on. But also, if you guys want to, um, you know, you listeners want to be included on one of those, please get in touch. What's the best way to do that, Martin? Our email address is a Gmail account. It's uh, travelourworldpodcast.gmail.com. Slide into our DMs like I was wearing mine today in this rainy British weather. Um, <laughs> you can get on our Instagram page on our Travel Our World podcast. And Damo's been uh, handling the Twitter account uh, recently. So what's our Twitter best. handle? What's our Twitter it handle? Podcast underscore travel. So, yeah, I've been, I've been a little bit quiet, but please, you know, follow us on there. Um I will be trying to add on as many travel relevant stories, which we'll touch upon um, at the end of the podcast. Um, mm. Not too much really to update. Uh, but I think without further ado, Martin, we should basically just get our guests on and, and get on with this one as soon as we can. Indeed. This is the Family World Holiday Pod. Welcome to our second, uh, our next set of guests. It's our penultimate podcast, as we said in the intro demo. Uh, it's our family holidays pod. Um, so I think we should just get straight to it and introduce these guys because they've been on the podcast before. Um, they've been requested to come back on before. Welcome back, Glenn Norris and James Barrett. Hey, how are we The crowd go wild. How do from my canoe? Good evening, podcast world. Hello. <laughs> well, apparently, Glenn, apparently, Glenn, you've been specifically requested by Martin's crew down in Brighton. So yes, that must uh, be something. I wasn't on that podcast, so I don't know what I missed out on. So I'm looking forward to this one. Well, Martin's crew, uh, respect to you. <laughs> Big one up to the Mr. Liam O'Brien, European champion of online NFL. I mean, if ever that means anything fair to anyone, but, you know, fair play to him. Playing computer games, apparently you can be a new European champion. Apparently there's money involved in it. Guess we're in the wrong game, eh, Demo? <laughs> but yes, it. here we are um, on uh, the podcast. And as, as we said in the intro, apologies for taking so long to come back. Well, we're glad to be back. We're glad to be recording. It's a Friday night. It's nearly Halloween and uh let's get on with it so yes we're talking family holidays and our, our our two guests here i had the absolute pleasure of working with in my very first season in grand canary in the orchidia as i've mentioned in previous podcasts a very wet behind the ears rep no idea like a deer <laughs> caught in the hair like a deer caught in the headlights was no it a case, what was about to happen was it a case of all the gear no idea absolutely <laughs> absolutely until poor old james felt sorry for me and, and showed me the ropes but i had um great memories of working in this hotel and uh, ha- having been the holiday rep my experience was very very different um we were going to invite um, an old friend of the podcast on as well owen reese but sadly he couldn't make it um, he used to be a kids rep and we, he's uh, given me some he's, uh, he's written a little statement about his time so we'll talk about that shortly but the reason we brought glenn and james on is to talk about holiday entertainment but I've got a little statement I want to read out first about 
family holidays. And I also want to mention out how much money's made, you know, how much is spent by British nationals. So the uh, British family holiday market is a cornerstone of the holidays. And most families take at least one holiday a year together, um, I, and mainly overseas. Obviously, with COVID, that's changed. You know, we've seen a lot of staycations and stuff. But what we're here to do is to tell you exactly what really happens behind the scenes of a family holiday and the people that work in them. So James and Glyn, having been entertainers, and Glyn, you've been at the Orchidia pretty much, you know, well, is it over Always 15 lies. years you were there? Always <laughs> Adam? As a child, and then I left when I was um, 65. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a woven basket floating across the pool like Moses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was surrounding swaddling clothes. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I was there from 96 until uh, 2016. So a little shy of 21 years um, at the Hotel Orchidia in Gran Canaria, the beautiful resort of Bahia Feliz, uh, which means Happy Bay. And it certainly yes. was. Very uh, nice. Very happy memories of working with the uh, family program there. And um, incredibly working through four brand changes throughout those 21 years within the Thompson family, from Thompson Sun family to Super Family, Family Club Extra, and then Thompson Family Resorts, um, all various, um, all looming towards the eventual TUI takeover yeah. that was inevitable um, probably around 2011, 2012. You know, there was talk about that happening. Um, and of course, the dynamics of family entertainment, particularly for the British, would change. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it did 100%. I mean, something that just sort of sprang to mind, we're obviously sort of approaching the, you know, the more wintry conditions, but is is like a, a place like Gran Canaria and, you know, maybe more so the, you know, the, the Canary Islands, seeing as you work for there for so long, Glyn, is, is, is this time of year that we're approaching now, which is what they're considered their high season, is it really a family time or is it more for your sort of younger travellers just wanting to get a bit of winter sun? If we just think about the Hotel Orchidia, then yeah. it's the high season for Scandinavia. Right, okay. So the Scandinavian visitors, it will be like our summer. So okay. we'll start arriving from now. Yeah. And their programme will be uh, predominantly uh, Scandinavian completely. Yeah. But in the summer, it's now what they call a Tui Blue Hotel. So it has to have an element of Britishness in it. Uh, there's not as much someone someone standing at the bar just having a beer <laughs> yeah. well yeah <laughs> if you're lucky because apparently now they actually don't work one of the nights every week so uh, right. off yeah. yeah sort of a blackout bar and everybody makes their own entertainment uh we work seven days a week for six months yeah. and um, our guests would have entertainment from seven o'clock in the evening until midnight um but of course you know there are dynamics that change there are cultural differences yes avians went to bed early got up early the brits just didn't go to bed <laughs> <laughs> just kids. um but um you know yeah we'll stay down here mum and dad you go to bed yeah okay um, <laughs> but you know it's um it is different um there was there was never a clash at our property because we had two stages 
one for the Scandinavian program, one for the British program, and it worked incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we're very grateful for that because our summer seasons never had any problem. We could run it, and it was it was great fun. And I'm sure James will reiterate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, I actually sorry. want to bring in James on this one. So, James, you um, started off as we've had this conversation before as an entertainer. Um, and in fact, your first season is quite worth just bringing up very, very briefly. Obviously, um, um, a bit like um, my, someone in my family got me into holiday repping. Someone in your family got you into entertainment because you've always been an entertainer as long as I've known you. And obviously yeah. your first season, as we, we pointed out when we were talking uh, way back in episode three, when we did mm. the workers pod, um, it was Ibiza. And you couldn't believe your look. You know, first season, clubbing man, off he goes to Ibiza. And then you end up in Gran Canaria working for with, with Glyn. Mm. Tell us about <laughs> your first season as an entertainer at the Orchidia. How was it for you? Um... Well, <laughs> a roller coaster of emotions initially, because um, I mean, like, 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 I'll just, I'll just backtrack if that's all right briefly, because I mean, you, you know, you, you, think, you see documentaries on on TV and people say, oh, how did you get into this? How did you get into that? And they say, well, it, was, it just happened. It was just by accident, and that's exactly um, how it happened with me. That um, I was over in Blackpool. You know, um, always sort of like outgoing and been sort of musically minded. I used to be in, in, in the orchestra and, and choirs and all, sort, all sorts of different stuff. Um, but just outgoing personality, really. And uh, I was up in Blackpool and my mum rang and basically said she's seen an advert in the paper that Thompson were looking for entertainers. I think you should go for it. No, I, I dismissed it. I said, absolutely not. Anyway, unknown to me, she sent off for it and rang me back and said, I've, I've got something to tell you. You've got to go down to London, Great London House at the time uh for an in, uh, for an audition uh tomorrow okay uh oh, oh, fantastic so i went down there surrounded by all these people and magicians and jugglers and people and, and they were saying what, what what have you what do you do and i'm working post office uh <laughs> and they're looking at me going all right what are you doing here and anyway these are the people that I, that I met didn't get through and i ended up getting through so the training course where i met glenn in 97 where the Go, you go through all the motions with, you know, um, mic control and, and all sorts of different things, and re- dance routines for the rep shows, etc. And then they sort of place where you're best for your personality, really, in, in the uh, the programme. So 97, Ibiza, Costa Sur, fairly raucous hotel. You know, it was absolutely fantastic. And I was thinking about going back there in 98. Because, you know, all the guests were there, right, we're going to come back and see, and it, you know, like I was saying, with my DJ in the club, and it was just right up my alley. And then all of a sudden, um, th- this big shadow called Mr. Norris <laughs> appeared, because Glyn <laughs> went uh, from being an entertainer in 97 to being a, an entertainment manager um, who was part of the like recruiting process uh, and writing of the programme. I think you wrote part of the programme in 98. Yeah, co-wrote the programme in 98, yeah. Yeah. Um, and with, there was a vacancy, obviously, with, with the uh, entertainers in the Orchidia, and I, uh, I got put in the uh, in the Orchidia, which uh, at that time I, I wasn't <laughs> too thrilled just about. Saying, James, say. not a happy Yorkshire lad, um, <laughs> because he had his set on going back to Ibiza. But you know, cool. the problem that not a problem. It was the fact that family holidays. Um, particularly at the Orchidia, which was, as you know, Martin, an 11-floor um, 
you know, yeah. thousand capacity hotel. Huge, huge. With, with guests that wanted to be entertained. My whole, um, my whole ethic was what I tried to give those guests in 97 with the entertainers that I was working with at the time. But I wanted to literally make that a step up the ladder and give them like the next step of the journey. Um, and I needed a strong team. Yeah. James yeah. And I had obviously met and become friends on the training course there. And, you know, James was the one I wanted in there because I knew that he would absolutely nail it. And, you know, what, which he did. And of course, what James didn't understand in those days is probably the management side of it and, and literally going up the ladder himself to um, see where his capabilities were in actually going further you know, yeah. further and further and further and getting more managerial and more entertainment manager skills mm. as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, by the middle of the season, it was as if Ibiza didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to say, as you come out of the hotel, which you'll know, Martin, there's a restaurant over, <laughs> restaurant over the other side of the road. And we walked in there and Glyn just pointed, turned around and he goes, and there you go. And in, and in big letters, it's the name of the restaurant, it's called Broken Dreams. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the Orchidia. Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> and here's your, and and here's your stage. Broken dreams. Yeah. A bar called Holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the place we lived. Um, you know, that's where that's where we went. But you know, the broken dreams part became yeah. something of a well, James ended up working another two years at yeah. that hotel in 2000 and then 2004. Mm. So, you know, basically it's, and, and as the families were repeating each year, we were seeing a trend. We were seeing the same faces coming back around certain times. Mm. In that 21 years, there were nearly 4,000 repeat guests yeah. that ended up coming back at the hotel because we gave them family entertainment. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, my one season working there um, was an amazing experience. I learned a lot um, the hard way, um, you know, as I always do in life. I always have to learn <laughs> things the hard way. My role being very different. So it's worth pointing out um, back in the day, you know, with Thompson and, and most UK tour operators, when they operate a family holiday uh, hotel, you'll have obviously the hotel run by the local hotelier. So it'll be a Spanish hotelier, have their, their own staff on the reception and the cleaning crew. And then the tour operator will provide the holiday rep, which I was and I did for many, many years. They'll provide a kids rep or a kids rep team. So at the Orchid, we had, what, 10, 10, 10 of them in total. It was a very, very big team operating and looking after infants and babies from a certain age up. And then they did a, a younger kids club for the, you know, sort of three to seven year olds. And then they had a sort of teenager one, where, you know, the older age ones and they did different activities. And then obviously you had you guys, the entertainment team, everyone's favorite people. The, the, the least favourite were the reps because, well, you know, you only come to the reps when you've got a problem. Um, and as I fastly learnt, yes, and as I as I soon found out to my detriment and was set up by James, um, and James remembers this story and Glyn will remember it. I remember upsetting uh, a, a lady who'd lost her purse and I was I probably hung over from a night out with James. And I gave her this stare that basically I perfected, which was this long stare that you look through the person that says, I don't really care what you're saying you're you're annoying me go away tells the husband who's like you know built like a outhouse 
And every two weeks we did a show while you guys organized the reps versus the guests. And it was sort of gladiators style in the pool, all kinds of things. Next thing you know, I hear. Um, and in the pool next, it's uh, whatever nickname you'd given me. I can't remember what it was, you know, Marvelous Martin versus. And as I looked over, there's the old there's the old fella waiting, gurning <laughs> his teeth, going, I'm going to have you. I'm thinking, thanks, James. But that taught me a lesson. That taught me a lesson. So that was it. That was a good memory. But yes. Um, these are what operated by the by the operator and I, and, I, and I do remember Glenn when you were talking there about the Scandinavians as well they were there in the summer but they their program was a lot smaller they stayed in the apartments around the corner and they had the bar on the other side of the complex if I remember uh, yeah. very very well but in total European I mean here's some is a statistic for you that I want to tell you about in terms of money for the UK market alone 43.4 billion British pounds are spent by holidaymakers, specifically families, in 2019, 43.4 billion pounds. That's a lot of money. I mean, family holidays aren't cheap. And it goes back to what you were saying, Glyn. You really knew straight away then when you became head of entertainment that you wanted to take them on a journey and build a better, better entertainment because essentially that's what you're paying for. You're paying for hopefully sunshine, food, but to be entertained. Yeah, it was it a bit. It was a bit interesting for me because I'd originally worked for Thompson, and then I'd worked for the uh, supplier that created the entertainment, and worked as the entertainment manager for them. And that was in '98 when I recruited James for the um, Orchidia, and had co-written the entertainment program as well. Then in '99, I actually worked for the hotel, so I was invited to work directly as entertainment manager for the Orchidia. That was a slightly different animal because. Although I was invited back to the training course each year, um, there was a slight sort of um, political agenda uh, to that because I was never really classed as a um, Thompson person. Uh, <laughs> I was the entertainment manager for the hotel. So I would go in and, and, and I would get involved with all the shows and all the theme nights and meet all the uh, the delegates and everything. And then hopefully I'd have the choice of team which normally gave me the choice of the two experience and they would normally choose the uh, the newbie that would come on board, you know. But they knew how important the Orchidia was to the programme because it was probably one of the most high-scoring family hotels out there. There were one or two others that we, we were always sort of level-pegging with. But um, my aim was the fact that, number one, I worked for the same team. I just didn't work for the same company. Mm. Um, and all I wanted to do was to make sure those teams got everything I could deliver for them to make it easier, which means an easier workplace means a much more, much more freedom of entertainment. So there's less, less stress on an ENTS team yeah. to actually go in there and have to deal with so much when they arrive in a resort. That was all done. All we had to do was literally rehearse. Mm. Uh, and that makes it even easier for a team and they feel more yeah. relaxed, which means they, you know, they're, they're happier. Yeah, it, a mass, massive difference that um, from if I went to like the Corfu Plaza or uh, <clears throat> other hotels after that, that when we got in resort, like Glyn's just said, <clears throat> everything was all itemised, you know, back in the days when we were using CDs and mini discs and things like that, you know, in sounds and light box, Martin, as you'll know, it was all there, racked yeah. up, labelled up. Costumes, well, we'd, you know, do the itinerary when they arrive for the new shows. <clears throat> but it, they're all props and costumes all in order from previous shows that we had there at our disposal as well. 
Whereas in other hotels, like Corfu, we had to go out there and source everything. We only had certain items that uh, Thompson sent through, and there was nothing from previous years at all. Mm. So as well as having to rehearse, as well as making sure the hotel's up and running, getting your programme up and running, we had to go and source our own props, prizes, everything. Get the um, CDs, record, all sorts of stuff. So those landing there and Glyn looking after that side of things, as well as getting involved with shows as well, yeah, it, it were a massive uh, burden that we didn't have to undertake. I have to say, my own experiences as, a, as an entertainer. So, as you know, I became an entertainer afterwards, obviously. And this goes back to uh, something we mentioned. You know, my little man crush of James Barrett. You know, I actually had the white spiky <laughs> hair later on, a few years later. In, you know, in homage of my that. departed dear friend, <laughs> and um, I became an entertainer as well, Glyn. I think I mentioned this in an, yeah. in, in an off yeah. off conversation. And I loved it. And it was, and this is down to you, Glyn, but also to James, because I I have to say, when I turned up the Orchidia, I was in awe of both of you because I was just like, oh my god, these people are amazing. And I remember James pulling me to one side at the end of the season, saying like, Martin, if you'd just been a little bit better. You would have had a best summer. We just wanted to look after you, but you just well, behaved like an idiot. Out, I think is what I said. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I was trying to be—I was trying to be—I was yeah. trying to be someone I wasn't, and I was in a place yeah. that like, oh, I could speak the language. Fine, that's not a problem. But that's you didn't. Quite true, Martin. All we wanted yeah. to beat you up, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a dark alley for you to come home from work. Yeah. <laughs> just just remember who's outside your door right now. <laughs> the Mexicans have you beat them. Yeah. And sweets fall out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, yep. you want to make me a piñata? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to turn that into an actual event during the week, you know. But <laughs> that, so um, it was. It, <laughs> yeah, so, I can imagine that one. That but, no. the tree. Oh, that's Mars yeah. ready for that. Ah, <laughs> oh, so there he is. We, when we leave him last night. No, I mean, say my experience was very different when I went to Cyprus. We didn't have any of that. And it was a very tough experience. But I mean, the training course was amazing. We did it in uh, Lorette de Mar. And I remember thoroughly enjoying it and learning how to sing, learning how to compare mic skills, as you pointed out, learning the shows. Um, I mean, we didn't have the same amount of shows that you guys had. I think we had three live shows over two weeks and then um, a, a show that was brought in by, you know, um, by the hotel. Very similar to you guys. You had um, I remember being um, hypnotized by him a few times. Um, was it Peter the Great? Peter I remember seeing him like in 2004 when I was back on the island. But I remember you guys bringing him. So you'd have a, like a night off and not do your own shows and stuff, but bring in an outsourced entertainment. Um, but, yeah, my experience was very different to that. Um, so I have to say, you know, it sounds like it was a great experience for you, James, just to turn up and like, right, let's get on with this. Yeah, and absolutely. And the thing is, <clears throat> looking at it now, you know, from an outside point of view and, and looking back over the years, in 97, when we start, you know, it was so, so um, professional. They were throwing all sorts of money at it. I mean, the, the, the choreography for the rep shows was we had Dougie Squires. Excellent. Crying out loud. I mean, now Dougie Squires is like... I didn't know who he was at the time, but when he left, when he left us uh, one night, he was going to meet the Queen Mother. Wow! Uh, and, and then he was going to, to choreograph some stuff for the Spice Girls. I mean, this man, you know, he was a big, a big name. Squires um, was the uh, was was the uh, creator of the Young Generation and uh, the New Generation, which right. uh, back in the day yeah. were like the massive dance troupe on TV all the yeah. time. Um. And he, and it was a funny story because Dougie, um, I used to do Come Dancing. I used to be in the Come Dancing TV show. 
and he was one of the judges of our section. So <laughs> when I went to that training course in 97 and he was one of the judges, I went up to him and I said, I don't like you because you, you marked <laughs> us down in Come Dancing. And he said, were you with the Rita Pover School of Dancing? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, you were up against a couple. And then there was 16 of you, wasn't there? And he, um, he he marked us down. And all those three weeks of that training course, I kept going up to him and saying, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, good players like that. And I think James yeah. would come on to the fact that in the early days, they were throwing money at the family entertainment mm. programme from costume to choreography uh, to massive prop theme nights, you know. And it's very sad that it just changed so yeah. much over the years mm. to taking an entertainer away from the programme, which meant that if I hadn't have been there, there would have been two people working at the Orchidia as an entertainment team. It would have been near impossible to create that programme that is so well known with guests from the Orchidia with just two people because somebody would have to tech the show. Yeah. Which means one person is on there, not just managing the show, but mm. stage managing the show as well. I mean, it is, it, it's a big deal. And if people have never done this before, that's make or break. talk about the children's website because family holidays are there for the kids and they are a big big part of the family holiday you know the entertainment is geared up for the kids in the evening you know i always loved james mini discos how good he was i mirrored my own mini disco sadly on you james but you know yours was so very good and glenn glenn's uh, bingo was always very fun to call as well um but obviously in the evenings they were they were they were shows for the family aimed at everyone but the children's rep. So we were hoping to get Owen to come on the pod, but he's he's, he's busy working at the moment. Um, so I asked him about his experience because he, as a male, as a kids rep, it was kind of even back then. And he did this in 2002. There were kind of, you know, mums looking at him going, but you're a bloke. Why are you on in the kids rep? So I asked him, I said, look, what was it like for you? I mean, having, you know, shared a room with him and knowing really well. And he says to me, and this is what he's written to me in a little uh, WhatsApp. He said, working as a kids rep back in 2002, 2003 was, I'm sure, a very different experience to today. I was the only male in a team of 10 reps. I guess people were surprised to see a male looking after young kids when most were women. But I created a great balance with different activities and some kids would warm uh, more to a male, for example. So, they, you know, they, they would talk to him more than some of the, his female colleagues. Back then, we did have protocols around kids on laps, etc. But it wasn't as heavily enforced as I would know it would be today. The role was fun and varied and you would still get involved in the nighttime cabarets so i know owen joined me on stage doing a bill and bob bill and ben uh flower pot men sketch which we thoroughly loved um and he would do airport wish, transfers I I'd when, when required uh, <laughs> there is a video somewhere i'd have to call an ex-girlfriend to find it but there is a video somewhere um he said we were idolized by the kids and they were often cry when they was when they said their goodbyes to us at the end of their holidays making great memories and always smiling I think uh, what I'm trying to get to here, gents, you guys have worked as long as I do in the industry. Do kids rep get, get a bad, um, do, are their roles really sort of expected or are, are their roles really what's required of a family holiday? If they said yeah. from future holiday, holiday companies, no more kids reps, that's it. I think, would that be the end of the family holiday? 
Well, it wouldn't be a family holiday, would it? I mean, it's yeah. all right having an entertainment, <clears throat> excuse me, programme. But if uh, parents need a little bit of downtime, it, you know, they're coming on holiday to be entertained, to go out and, you know, sun. But they're going to want a little bit of me time and the kids mm. reps provide that for whatever amount of hours that is. And if and I can only comment with the, you know, Thompson, that the, 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 the programme that the kids reps had at their disposal with, uh, you know, I think we're second to none, really, yeah. uh, especially the Arcadia. I mean, they had yeah. some great facilities. Yeah. There. I mean, the, the the amount of support material that they had um, yeah. and, and their own training program and what they had to deliver for a two week program. Um, you know, it's it's basically the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, you know, over 21 years, um, it's a hard gig for a kids rep who's only just turned 17. Yeah. yeah, they're away from home probably for the <laughs> time. Um, they're thrusted into preparing this, preparing that. But a lot of them think they're just going to arrive and it's all done. And they just learn what they've done on training and they, they get in there and do it. It's not. It's hot. Um, they don't eat properly. They're working very hard, very long hours. Um, you know, people don't know that side of the coin because they're never told that side of the coin. You know, they think of it as the sun for six months, uh, going out to bars, getting trolled, um, all that. No, because mum and dad will drop their children off the next morning at the kids. Mm. And if they're hanging out their bottoms, then um, they're going to be in a really bad way because they're going to feel horrible. But they're also going to feel even worse because of the way they're not uh, you know, I mean, we, we did rehearsals quite late uh, at the beginning of the season, you know, to get the rep show up. And mm. you know, it's hard for these kids reps. They were almost on, you know, they're off their feet. Mm. Uh, and it didn't work for everybody, but it no. did work a lot. And I reckon that all the males that I had in 21 years that came on board as a kids rep, they had a different dynamic. I'm not saying yeah. better than the girls or they were worse. There was a different dynamic because it was unusual to see a guy as a kids rep. Um, and I know a couple of very good kids reps. I won't mention any names, but to me, they had a great allure. They were demanding. They were they they were commanding as well, but in a really nice way. And the mm. kids really found that they were like an uncle or a brother, mm. you know, mm. that type of thing. Um, it's not a hard gig. And I have to say, 95% of the people that worked at the Orchidia as kids reps um, did an absolutely fabulous job. Um, yeah. And, and they, they were also very good at getting involved with the rep show and they made, you know, a good attribute to whatever they were asked to do within that show. And, yeah. you know, some people weren't stage worthy. They didn't like it. They didn't want to do it. So maybe they could do some teching for us. You know, perhaps they didn't mind doing that for the night. I used to show them how to press the buttons and everything, and they were quite happy with that. They they were, you know, as long as they didn't have to go on stage. And, you know, if it's a mini disco and they're on there helping out the Ents, that's fine. But yeah. not I think show. I think, yeah. I think it was the same with the, with each department, though, as well. Because of the Arcadia, really, it sort of was like the, the flagship, really, in the, in the end. Um, it wasn't just a strong team that had to be put in there for entertainment. It had to be a strong team that was there for the uh, for the kids yeah. reps. It had to be a strong team that was in there for the uh, for the reps and also the teenage club that came in the height of the season as well. So right across the board, it was a program 
Oh, um, that had to be strong because mm. people went there and expected everything yes. to be on paper. Well, I, I go back to what, well, how much money's been spent. Some of these families were probably paying, paying it up to north of £6,000, just two yeah. adults, two kids, flights, two weeks' holiday. It's a oh, lot of money and the expectations are high. Yeah. You're talking about six and a half, seven thousand. Yeah. So if you look at the big picture, there isn't there, there, there's there's what, what's the old thing? There's no A in team. There's A team, right? Yeah. There's no I in team. There's an A team. There's so, no I in team. Yeah. There's no I yeah. in team. Oh, oh, there's two in martini. So I'm having one later. <laughs> there's an I in gym as well. Um, but you you work together as reps, as um, uh, as team leaders, as resort managers, um, as entertainers, as children reps, because the guests are sitting there watching this every day, mm. and you don't know what they're looking at and what they're watching and and what they're talking about. And they all you all know the general public. They will talk about her over there and him over there and that one over there and or we like her. We don't so much like her, but we like him. We do that there. Because that's what they do on holiday. They find their favourites. There shouldn't be favourites. There should be one team. And there mm. there will be favourites, but it should all be one team at the end of the day. So, you know, what the kids reps do is absolutely fantastic. What the mm. entertainers do, we hope it will entertain. What the reps do is take all that pressure away from everybody else that's entertaining, because yeah. that's unfortunately what you do so well. Um, mm. But family holidays have changed yeah. oh yeah and i was just about to touch upon that i mean obviously everyone's lives has changed over the past 18 months and what what you guys did in in grand canary back in the day and in for martin's case in corfu how do you see the sort of future of the family holiday changing going forward once we do get into our, ourselves a better situation do you think it will still remain strong or do you think it might slowly sort of filter away i can't talk for any other product other yeah. than the Chewy product. Yeah. I can only talk about how it's changed from our day, from James, Martin, myself, where I, I went from 97 to 2016. And by 2016, Chewy had well both feet in the door mm. and their entertainment program was going to be almost Scandinavian again. But because okay. there was still the Thompson influence, it had to have the British element in there in some way. Yeah. Keeping Thompson the dog, but he couldn't be Thompson the dog anymore. He had to be Captain T. So there was no Thompson. Thompson can't be mentioned because it doesn't exist. Mm. But they still had to have those, that, that they had to have the Scandinavian mascot and they had to have the British mascot. Um, the days of running around like headless chickens, uh, having people on your back dressed as a donkey, uh, squirting water on stage, um, putting people in front of the squad. Uh, <laughs> oh, the squad. <laughs> the moniator, right, men versus women. Um, you know, yeah. theme nights, great rep shows, um, pre-shows, little, you know, comedic pre-shows before you have the local show come on stage. In the world of Tui now, and Tui Blue, doesn't exist. No. But you've now got a new market. You've got a new demographic. You haven't got our families. You've got new families. And they're enjoying it as much as the other families did with us. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it, everything changes. 
It's a machine. Yeah. Mm. I think it's a shame as well. It, it's because James and I know how much incredible fun oh. we had dressing up as Darth Vader and Darth Maul and <laughs> doing acrobics, just dressed as Superman, Batman. Oh. Um, everything now is corporate. Yeah. They aerobics like their SAS instructors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not allowed to dress up in fancy dress. Yeah. They've got to be their own name. There are no nicknames. There are no mm. family names. It's, yeah, it's, we all had nicknames, you know. Um, I can't yeah. remember. I mean, you used to shout them around. Big Daddy. Uh, yeah. Martin the Muppet, you know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think behind behind my back it was probably the Muppet, but to my face it was marvellous. But we'll keep that to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> there was always a theme tune behind you. I don't know why yeah. someone was pressing a Lord Hardy. But but no, I mean we had and I and I and I say this again, um, as far as I'm concerned, from '97 to 2015, I had the best time of my life in those Mm. 20 years because I was able to keep the entertainment at the same level every year, but we just changed it a bit. But we were getting the best scores. We were getting the most out of that team possible. And the guests loved it. And they were scoring high on the CSQs. And, you know, it was terrible for the reps because it was all about sales, 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 sales. And that got worse as the years went on. It was more Mm. and more about sales. What we had to mission more sales. Yeah, we just had to keep them laughing and keep them in that I, I find that my experience as, as an entertainer, I, 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 I less became Martin the Muppet and I became definitely Martin the Marvelous. And I, I felt like I knew what you guys were feeling coming should off stage been, to a round of applause. And there should have been and, a and, there should have been a costume for Martin the Marvelous, surely. Yeah. <laughs> but I just yes, I just I, I got that oversound, that overwhelming sense of wow, we, we've just done an amazing thing. I mean, I couldn't sing for anything, you know. Reverb is a great tool, but yeah. it, I, I got that sense, James and Glenn, what you guys got. Um, but I didn't get that as a holiday rep at the York but I still had a great se- season there. And yeah, it was a big hotel. I mean, you said at the beginning of, of the pod, eleven floors high. You know, four hundred people on a Tuesday morning welcome meeting just stepped off the late night flight from Manchester. You know, yeah. and James comes up and goes, "Howdy, everyone." My name's James Barrett. I'm from, I'm from Yorkshire, where the men and men in the sheep run scared. By the way, there will be subtitles. I remember that phrase to this day. And then I'd pop up and go, right, so who wants to go on the camel trail? Who wants to go to Sioux City? And they just shut off, like, not interested, mate. I'm keeping my money. And it was just, I never got that same feeling. But yeah. do you think, obviously, you know, things have changed. and Things are changing for the good and the bad and, and family holidays. Are we saying that the the holidays that we worked on are no more and these changes are are, are there forever uh, but families will find new ways to entertainment and they may not be at the hotel they may find entertainment out in the resorts or doing other things yeah i think that no the, the holiday itself is still there i mean i've just been on one uh, to cause seven weeks ago mm. the first time i've actually been on a package holiday with <coughs> entertainment uh in there um and it and it i have to say it uh, <laughs> it was absolutely soul destroying to mm. see and it's a different company uh to tui but a big 
package holiday company that operates um, out of the UK. Um, but the entertainment side of things, um, there were multinationals. There weren't actually any Brits there. There was right. five of them. And again, like Glyn just touched on, had a complete day off. So one day there was actually out of seven, uh, there was nothing going on at all. And it was a one week program. And But the program consisted of what we consider Aqua Splash, which was the same music every single day, doing the same exercises every single day. And then it was a, a, a mixture of table tennis, um, French bowls and and some Pilates stretching. And that was it. And on an evening, you had a quiz or a game of bingo, one game of bingo with a ticket that lasted uh, basically three days. I felt like it. Um, it lasted till uh, till 10 o'clock and at 10 o'clock, everything went off. And that was it. And that was uh, that was the idea of this super entertainment program. They had one show, Men versus Women, that was interactive. And because I said, what about, you know, shows? Oh, we can't do that because of COVID, but they managed to do it one night. Um, so there's no there's no productions. There's no um, audience participation and, it, and it, watching that kind of thing. And it was busy. You know, families were there. There were people wanting to go. You know, everybody's wanting to get out because everybody's been cooped up for that long with the pandemic. But there's definitely a market there for it. And I think mm. that if there's massive market that if we went back to how it used to be and you provided entertainment for the british that you would have the place rocking again i've absolutely no yeah. doubt people are wanting to go and do it i mean damien I mean, we've sort of been rattling on about our experiences here did you ever go on a package holiday with, with your parents or anything like that or yeah. as a teenager no i did I'd, i've been on and also my niece actually she um she worked in tenerife um what was it about three or four years ago and i went to visit her at a hotel where she was working and and she was she was sort of helping out with the the family side and you know she got me up even though I'm not an, I'm not a parent or anything I, I don't have any children with my with my wife but she got me up and I, I can definitely see the appeal side to it when you've got a young set of kids you want to relax in the evening you know mm. you're expecting good class entertainment not just for your, for your kids but also for yourself um, and it just makes you feel at home and you know long long may you know the family holiday um concepts still live on and hopefully mm. it will um i think we're now we're, we're getting past that you know the the bad side should yeah. we say of of the pandemic and you know a place like you know benidorm and grand canaria cause corfu and etc hopefully we'll reap the benefits going forward um and you know long may we'll see those people in you know, Benidorm or whatever type esque situations, just having a good old laugh again, because I think that's ultimately what yeah. the whole world needs. We need to have a bit yeah. of a lift up and not take not take ourselves so seriously anymore. You know, yeah. we yeah, just we want to get into that family holiday pod mode again. I'd I'd love to go to Benidorm. I'm I'm fortunate enough to be going to Grand Canaria soon, your old stomping ground, but that's more for work basis. But um, but yeah, I think you know it should should still be there, and you know. Yeah. Shame, shame, James. You, you didn't see, I suppose, the same level of what you you're used to on that family holiday. But maybe that's yeah. the nature of the beast at the moment. There are three. There are three family holidays that will never change. Yeah. Number one is what James experienced in Cos. Yeah. There is no entertainment manager. There is no entertainment company. There is just what they do in that hotel. What the hotel manager is happy with is that there's something going on. OK, that happens all over the world. Multinational hotels, hotels where you've got French, Belgium, German, British, 
Spanish, French, um, that will never change because th- th- that's, that's business. Mm. There will be the hotel which doesn't have any entertainment, maybe a pianist or a small band because that's how it works in that particular area. Smaller hotels, and that's how, what it works for them. And then you'll have TUI, yeah. which now is the and has been the largest tour operator in the world. It recruits a very professional entertainment supplier and they supply the hotels that are the family unit hotels like Tui Blue. Um, and there is an entertainment program for families and it's, it's corporate, it's big, it's bold, it's clean, there's good food, the accommodation is second to none. All the ingredients are there and what the British public have to do now is just step into a new world of entertainment. Oh, yeah. Not going to get us, they're going to mm. get them. And yeah, yeah. that's the way it works now. Everything changes. Yeah. And the families that go now, at the end of the day, it is for the kids. And a lot of the TUI entertainment now is more for the kids and less for the adults. Yeah. So not yeah. the headless chicken running around. There's no team captains. There might be a local show that picks on some of the adults. But the big chunk of that night is all about the kids. And then mm. you've got the hour which is the singing show that comes on five times a week. <laughs> You'll have the big rep show. And in some of these units now, they've got 45 reps. Yeah. That includes teenager reps, uh, guides. Uh, there's all different types of, of, of title now when it comes to TUI. Um, but they all involved in the rep show. Mm. So whatever yeah. it is, it's to entertain everybody. So hopefully everybody's seen them at some point during their holiday and then the next day they all go home and hopefully yeah. they have a great time and you know i personally would never want the orchidea to fail in any way i'd want people to go back there british scandinavian french belgium love the hotel love the location love the food i try and, i try and drop by there when i'm over there well the hotel will be all scandinavian by the time you get there if there's any british that go there is because they're on a late booking. And if <laughs> we still do late bookings, it means that they will get the Orchidea. Um, but they're not supposed to expect a British summertime entertainment programme. Right. They will get entertainment, but it will be mostly geared to the Scandinavians. But there will still be a singing show, and they do sing it in English. Okay. So, yeah, they still sing everything in English, which is quite ironic because not everybody understands Finnish and Swedish and Norwegian and all that. Yeah. What you were saying, James, about, you know, it's a shame that it's 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 all changed. And yes. And then what Glyn has said is absolutely right. A company like TUI. Yes, there are other, other tour operators in the UK, but it's the biggest and it's the largest. It's bought out everyone. Back in the day when we were there, there were five or six tour operators all doing their own entertainment and family world ho- um, holidays. Yeah. The British way of doing entertainment it has changed and we're no longer going to be jumping on each other's backs as dressed like a donkey, as you said, yeah. because it's quite corporate. You have to think of the of every nation. It's not just about the British family. It's about the the families of, of planet Earth that come to the Orchidia, that go to Corfu, that go to Ibiza, that go to Mallorca yeah. and stay in the Tui brand, which is how it is today and has to be accepted. And I think it's a fantastic idea. It's just also a little bit, as James point, a little bit sad 
that the way yeah. that we knew what we grew up with and the fun that we had isn't yeah. the same those people are having the same fun it's just it's sad that it's not that way anymore but as a british nation we need to open up our, our hearts and open up our minds to bringing in new ideas from nations all over the world because the last package holiday i went in i went on with it was exactly the same our rep was german she spoke fluent english fluent dutch fluent french and she looked after everyone in the hotel and i thought there's you wouldn't find many old school british reps oh like no that. and it, it is it is how it yeah. is no that's, that, that's good and uh, damien when you go to the arcadia can you just uh bring back uh, Glynn's woven basket that'll be still floating in the pool. He's, uh, he, he, can't, he can't get to sleep on a night without it. No, no, he his com- and the comforter. And the comforter blanket. I try, I try, and, remember, I try and remember that, yeah. I <laughs> I February, because don't touch it, because I'm hoping to sail back over the Atlantic okay, <laughs> and, and reminisce on my days, you know, where, where I actually came across the Orchidia, you know, back in the you know, in, in AD 79. Uh, <laughs> forget about forget about the owl and the pussycat and their green uh, big green boat. Yeah. It's Glyn and his woven basket. That's All it, I'd yeah. like to say, if I had one wish, and I know that there are lots of wishes out there and I could think of other wishes that were much grander, but if there was a one wish in the holiday world, yeah. it was to take me and James and one other back to the Orchidia for two weeks and run an entertainment yeah. programme and completely blow their minds because we might be a bit older now but we are definitely still as young as we were back then it's a shame because i was hoping to go on this trip with damo actually i was hoping to be on the grand canary trip with him but i i i I got pipped to the post but um definitely get some photos damien when you're on there we'll check on the uh, travel world podcast um thank you bob Right, I think I, I think we should probably. I think it's yeah. a good time to wrap it up there. With, with I know, I don't know, there. James. I've just realised the time. James has to get off. He's DJing tonight. It's Halloween. James, thank you very much for coming on. We'll, Cheers, we'll wrap up with Glenn. But yeah, have a good night, DJ buddy. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, absolute pleasure to see you all again. All right, you take it easy. Have I'll a cracking weekend. Mr. Banana, I'll see you soon. You will, mate. You will. Oh, I used to have a shave. I'm all right now. looking back at what you've you've done in the past Lynn, with regards to family holidays is there anything that you'd do different or change going forward if you were still in the industry no no because for 20 years it worked yeah exactly and, it's, it's the old it's the old phrase isn't it if it ain't broke why fix it well i mean you know it didn't work at first i mean when we arrived in grand canary in 97 yeah we didn't have a stage we hardly had a bar we were rehearsing in garbo's which is a dinner show bar now mm. it wasn't in 97 it was a hollow brick shell right. and it had pallets in it that we put boards across to do our dance routines on okay um, and then by the time we opened, we managed to get the lights on. The stage was built. The speakers were there. Um, unfortunately, the whole stage was painted white, so it looked like a toilet. Um, so we ended up painting it black and giving it a bit of a voom. Um, but 97 was the most special year for me because it was my first. And, you know, everybody that worked that year, would would tell you how incredible that was uh, working in that hotel was there was so much that went on in six months 
um, it wasn't just from entertainment. It was a learning curve for that hotel because they'd never experienced anything like this before. And then it was fascinating and incredibly humbling to see it grow over the years. And that was helped by the teams, uh, by the uh, the reps, by the kids reps, the entertainment teams that would come over, uh, people you know that are known today by thousands of people that have grown up with that hotel and their children and their children's children. Yeah. So would, now he's now he's gone. Now James is gone. What I'd like to uh, <laughs> talk as, about him at the end. Yeah? <laughs> now James is gone. What I'd love, Glenn, is it is is a very favourite story of yours working with uh, James um, in the Orchidia. I mean, I remember the shows. You got me to tech your your rep show, which was great fun because I got to do the intro for you and bring you on stage, which I absolutely loved, and it was great. Yeah. You know, doing all that all all that bit. I, I'd always wished I'd been in the show, but that's 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 how it is. I I got to do the normal reps um, cabaret that we used to do once a week. Um, but have you got a really good story about you and James working together? Yeah, but I can't tell it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, one of those, one of those ones. This eh? isn't the one. This isn't the one you spoke about a, off air, is it? No, yeah. you're definitely right. Had, can't you? Had, like there, there were so many stories uh, within the hotel and yeah. what happened on nights, um, you know, during the show and and just general things that happened. Um, I mean, I, yeah, there isn't one thing. I mean, a lot of the stuff happened after work. Um, I mean, there is a story. James took me out for my 40th birthday and we'd finished the night and my mum was over and I was due to meet her the next day to celebrate. She was with her partner and he took me out for a night. And I remember it because we were dressed in Hawaiian shirts, uh, Timberland boots and khaki shorts. And uh, we looked like the most ridiculous throwback from, you know, sort of uh, men at work you know it was all like mm. that sort of thing going on um it was all on james the whole night he was paying for everything and we went everywhere this night and we ended up in a certain bar uh that i really can't mention and i can't mention what sort of bar but <laughs> just say that when we were getting into the interesting part of the bar um james's credit card bounced <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we were having a really good time and unfortunately um we were thrown out of the bar <laughs> and it was seven o'clock in the morning oh god <laughs> we were absolutely in not the best state in the world but we ended up getting back to the orchidia walking into the restaurant at eight o'clock in the morning and having breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so hanging the two love it we love it night. i would say I that one of the magic moments in entertainment was in 98 when um, I'd just arrived from Malaga where I was managing one of the other hotels in Malaga and I came into the bar and it was in the afternoon. It's absolutely stifling hot. And um, uh, we just finished, James had just finished the thing and there were lots of people in the, in, 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 in the actual bar area of the Orchidia and he put Rum DNC on. Uh, do you remember? It's like that. Well, and, tune, yeah. Well, we we had a dance off together, right? Mm. The entire pool side came round, and there was one side with James and one side with me. Oh, brilliant! We had ties round the head. I'd literally just stepped off a plane. 
So I was in suit, you know, jacket off, and it was all getting down with a bad self and everything. The whole crowd, it was, it never happened again, and it was talked about for the next two weeks. Oh, brilliant! Fabulous. And, and that was. Um, I think we'll have to re- recreate this at some point in the near future. Oh, we get I think that's, that's, um, that's on the next series already, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we'd have a we, James and I would have a dance off all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there were many, many stories of what happened during show nights and what happened the theme nights and me and the sound box. And I have to say one thing: you mentioned Peter the Great. Yes. Do any of the viewers out there that listen to the podcast later on? Uh, it's with deep regret that he actually passed away in April. Of this oh. year. Uh, oh, may he rest in peace. Great, I, great, great um, I am, um, hypnotist. Great. I employed Peter in 98 uh, when I met him at a hypnotic show, and he worked at the Orchidia until 2015. Wow. He did, he did every single year, and he was the most successful local show that we ever had on mm. that and we're talking about guests that came every year, mm. but he still managed to win them and they loved it. And he was such a charismatic gentleman. Mm. Uh, it was very sad for me to hear this news back in April. Yeah. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. I remember he, he, I came on stage and he hypnotized me at the Orchidia. And then yeah. a couple of years ago, I was back um and he i was he was doing a family show in one of the uh pubs in one of the i think it was in the irish center um right. i was working for a different company and i was working with owen then that was our, our second season working with him and um i'm watching the show from afar and i'm feeling really groggy and sleepy and i got talking said oh hi pete we met at the orchidia i used to rep there years and years ago yeah. and i and i you hypnotized me on stage and it, then he just turned around to me looked in the eyes and he went sleep and apparently i did i just went down and like yeah, my girlfriend I at the time stood, they stood there going, how have you just put him in? They said, oh, I hypnotized him years ago. It's easy to do it again. Well, he would do that to guests that he remembered from the year yeah. before. Yeah. And he could put them to sleep and lay them down on the marble. And then, yeah. and, and, and he did levitation with them. And it was. Yes, he did. He used to do it with the staff as well. Yeah. With the- <laughs> oh, he, no, he was, he was, he was, well, maybe he, he, he was a brilliant. He, 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 was, he was a very clever man as well because he was a civil engineer. Mm. He built his own house in Gran Canaria. Mm. Uh, and he's a very clever man. He was a very lovely man and mm. it was very sad. But um, but no, family holidays, I hope they reign and continue to reign. And I hope whatever Definitely. people do out there from entertainment companies is they give people what they want. Mm. You know, we love quiz shows in England and Great Britain and we love cabaret and we love comedy. And after the 18 months that we've had, for goodness sake, if you're out there, people, listen Mm. and invent something that takes people back. You know, it would it would all work again. I have no question about it. We could go out there and do that program all over again and we would get people on stage dressed as chickens. Batman, Superman, running around on stage doing the most incredibly ridiculous stuff. But that would only be for the British. Yeah, indeed. It wouldn't work for the Scandinavian. It wouldn't work for the Germans. It wouldn't work for the French because they are different animals with different culture issues. And And, problem there. No problem there. That's each to their own. Indeed. 
we just know that we love to have fun for two weeks on our holiday mm-hmm. and we want to get the best out of it you know so exactly i, I suppose exactly. i i mean something i wanted to point out earlier on and um, i know uh, just in closing we talk about you know it's not the death of the family holidays to change but it's probably what's seen the end of the youth market the 1830s the escapades mm. Uh, the 20s they yeah. they suddenly disappeared overnight you know four or five years ago but that's for another series that's for another podcast and I'm, I, I know I'll definitely get Glenn involved in that one because he, he, he knows a lot of people back from that industry as well but um yeah it's it's everything changes but what you were saying there the French have a different sort of comedy they would do different shows the Germans would have yeah. different shows and the Scandies would have different shows what works for them is fantastic wouldn't work yeah. for the British market well, I, I, I just want families to have the best time they can yeah. and wherever they go. And if they go to the Chewy Blues, they're going to love it because mm-hmm. um, I've been back to the hotel in 2019. Um, I haven't been there since it's become Chewy Blue, but I know that food, accommodation, um, pool, I mean, they've really upped their game to a, another degree now. Um, I know that the stage area has had a makeover. Uh, the the bar is now fully roofed, so they can do entertainment all year round, whatever the weather. It does rain in Grand Canaria. It does get windy in Grand Canaria, um, but they are they've got a theatre now, and they've got great lighting, great sound, uh, all computer, all LED. Um, go out there and enjoy it, but enjoy mm. the Orpedia. Enjoy Indeed. the of Bahia Feliz it's unique there's mm. nothing like it on the island it's no the you're absolutely right you're absolutely right, right. If, I, if, I, if I get the chance to go by there I will do I've got um, do so demo get us get us some pictures we'd like to see it see how it, I haven't seen it since 2004 or five when I was last on the That's island so, um, Glenn, I mean, this is our penultimate podcast. We've got one more uh, coming up, but this is sadly the last one that you will be on. Um, you've been on two, and we definitely want to get you on some more next year. So we'll we'll chat to you some more we about want a, that. We, but, want a, so, we want a live one next next year with Glenn. Absolutely, I think a live. So we want we want we're well, not a live one, like, but we want to we want to be in person. We want to be in a exactly. pub. Exactly, we'll all get together. We'll all get together in a pub, and uh, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll sit around the table. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. And maybe get James down as well. We're, we've got some ideas for, for season two. But what um, what's the next few months looking like for you then? I think you were saying off air, it's, it's Santa Claus time for you. Well, yes. I mean, without giving too much away, um, my November and December is an incredibly busy uh, time of the year. Um, I don't think this would be too unfamiliar to people that know me if they are uh, listening on the podcast when it goes out but I have done the odd Santa gig around the pool in the middle of August uh, you know July August time and uh, brought the festive fair to the poolside in you know 38 degrees Mm -hmm. Um, but yes um, we've got a very busy time coming up Um, I've spoken to the big man himself and um, he's looking forward to coming down and seeing all the boys and girls and the grown-ups this year. Um, I've got it on good authority because I am in cahoots with him, so I do know uh, what his diary is like at the moment. It's very busy. So, um, boys and girls out there, you know, make sure you're uh, tucked up in bed on Christmas Eve, and um, hopefully Santa will bring everything you've asked for. So, um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, anyway... 
I'd want to take again, thank you, Glenn. Um, I know that um, some of the, the Brighton crew will be excited to hear this podcast when it comes out and um, hear um, from you again. Um, but we will definitely have you on future episodes next year in season two. But from from myself, it's been an absolute pleasure to reconnect with you. I know it's, it's been a long time. No, thanks for the opportunity once again. It's always, I've never done the podcast before, but yeah. it's nice to share views and uh, opinions because we've all got one. Um, yeah. You know, we, we know days that other people don't and we know experience that other people don't. Um, all I know is that somebody put me on the Orchidia for a reason and yeah. for 20 years it was the best job I've ever had. Brilliant. It was. And yeah. it was a pleasure working with you. Glenn Norris, thank you very much once again. Um, we will catch up with you soon. Thanks for being an amazing um, guest on the Travel Our World podcast. Look after yourself. Stay in touch. Um, you, uh, we'll speak again well. soon. Thank you very much, Dave. Cheers, Glenn. Cheers. A, if, I don't, if I don't see you before or speak to you before, have a great Christmas. Yeah, I will. It's only October, man, for goodness sake. <laughs> I know. It's, it's only Halloween <laughs> tomorrow, you know. That's what I keep saying to my wife. Why are you getting the Christmas tree out already, you know? I know. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Yeah. Anyway, Glenn, all the best, my friend. Look after yourself. Very we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, Glenn. Pleasure. Ah, Damo, um, I have missed doing the podcasts um, with you. Uh, as we said at the beginning, we took a little break away uh, for personal and work reasons. We've both been extremely, extremely busy with yeah, work. No, and definitely. that's what brings me on to saying, first of all, thank you to James Barrett for coming on yet another another podcast. For those of you who remember, he was on the Workers Pod uh, right back at the beginning, episode four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, yeah. Glenn Norris. Glenn has been requested. Yeah, absolutely right. The Brighton crew, many people have loved having Glenn yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Glenn and James, for sharing your amazing views about uh, entertainment and family holidays. Um, but, you know, talking about busy, and I say that's why we haven't done a podcast for a while. That's it, yeah. The travel world has just gone gone off, exploded into action, Demo. It has, yeah. No, it's, it's good to see. I think, um, you know, over the course of this podcast, you know, when we started back in, what was it, April, May, you know, the mm. whole landscape of travel has changed for the better, which is ultimately what everyone wants to see. Uh, we don't want to talk negatively about the, you know, the travel thing. And I think, you know, last week um, there's been some changes. You now no longer have to have a PCR test when returning from countries. A lot of countries have now been removed from the blacklist or red list that you might, uh, they called it. So now I think no country in the world is on a red list, which is great. You know, so people want to travel far and wide. I think the only ones are certain ones like Australia, New Zealand that they may not be allowing in. But, you know, have a look at the government website um, with regards to that. Um, now just a lateral flow when you return from uh, those countries. So I'm heading off to Spain um, on the 8th of November. So looking forward to that uh, for 10 days. And, you I'm know, to France on the 11th. Nice. Excellent. Yes, so that'll be good. Golf, your bit of golf. Be back in your home. Well, one of your home countries, should I say? Back in back in one of my favourite areas for some That's good old vino and some steak frites. That's it. Um, but yeah, so, it's it's been a it's been a strange few weeks and a strange definitely. few months since we were last on uh, the last podcast. But it's been a really uh, busy period and sales are booming. And um, yes, you know, when we talk about, you know, lateral flow test, PCR test, obviously we're we're 
we're a British based podcast. So we're talking about this country here, but yeah. every other country has seen massive changes. The European Union has opened up again more and more and more. People are able to reconnect. Families are coming back together. Friends are seeing each other again. But yes, do be careful. Uh, yeah. you know, as Damo, you you know, as you say, wear your mask where you can support each other and uh, look out, look out for each other. You know, the virus hasn't gone away. It's still around. Yeah. Um, but vaccinations are making things better. Travel is back. That's it. hundred percent. Ultimately, we want travel, not just for our own careers, but just to see, you know, get life experiences. You know, um, I'm sure Martin um, can fully agree with me. Um, we all want to go off to certain places next year, maybe new places, places mm. we've never been to. I've I've just booked a uh, um, a concert in Norway next year. So I'm really looking don't, forward to that. Don't just say concert. You're going to go and see the Swedish house mafia. Well, it's, you messaged it's down- me this morning saying, did you know the Swedish house? <laughs> yeah. I went, yeah, of course I do. I said, you're buying tickets. <laughs> you, and you say, are you? I went, no, they're not my thing. I don't. I'm no disrespect to the Swedish house mafia. They're making a lot of money, but. Nah, I, I won't be there. But you're going to Oslo for it. So yeah, I can't fun. wait. No, it's going to be great. And like, you know, please let us, you know, let us know again. Get in contact with us. If you're going to a new destination that you've never been to before, let us know about your travel experiences. How tag do us you on fi- Instagram. Tag yeah. us on Instagram. Let us How'd share your story. That's it. How do you find the whole testing? How do you find the passenger locator form? You know, we want to know. Just get in contact, Um, you know majority of our listeners yet yeah, might be uh, a lot of people that we work with or relatives etc but just let us know drop us a whatsapp uh we're on um instagram as martin said um travel our world podcast um we're on email it's a gmail account travel our world podcast at gmail.com and i've just started getting to grips with with twitter which is really exciting so our um what do you call it is it tagline or something like that uh, um, uh, 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 is it? No, there is a proper handle. Handle is it? Handle? Oh, that's it. Twitter that's handle. Sounds so old. We sound so old. All our young listeners are just kids, laughing you know? right now, going, "What are they on about?" They've no <laughs> idea. No, no idea. Podcast underscore travel. So that's podcast underscore travel. Down with the kids. Tweet us on there. Whatever you want. We'll, I'll try and get some polls on on there going soon. But yeah, we just need to try and build up a bit of a following. So let your family, friends know. Try and reach out to as many as possible. We're just doing this for fun. We're not doing this to make money. You know, we're ultimately just in it for our passion for travel. And, you know, Martin's idea, I've I've been backing him up on it. And we're really looking forward to 2022, as I'm sure you are with regards to travel, because ultimately things are getting better. It's not over yet. We're not we're we're still in the, you know, not in the in the in the bad of it, that's for sure. But you know, we just like there yeah. is a big light at the end of that tunnel and we can all see it's it. It's a hell of a lot bigger than what it was this time last year. Put it that way. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah. Anyway, let's leave it at that, Martin. I wish you a good weekend. And, uh, yeah. Look Indeed. To the next one. Obviously, we have our last one. Our last podcast of oh. the season. Our last podcast, which you sadly won't be involved in, Damo. I, I I, I, I'm really disappointed. But I understand to... families visiting. Family is always it important. Is. Haven't seen family um, for a while. So, they're coming over so, from... From your, from another of your countries, Ireland. I, I have my passports. I have my Irish passports. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stick that on the Instagram as well. My Irish passport arrived the other day. I'm a fully fledged Irishman uh, without Happy the Happy days. 
Um, so, yes. Yeah. So what's on the next podcast demo It is basically a catching up with some people who've been on the pod before. So we've got Simon McKenzie popping back on our friend who lives in Spain uh, yep. working in the golf industry. Owen's going to be back, ladies and gentlemen, the most Yay. used guest on. I think we need to get him a trophy. I think he's on the first podcast. one. Who's on the first one? He was on the first. He's, yeah. he's been on. This will be four or five. I think he's been on. OK, we'll definitely have to get him a T-shirt. Um, he might, might start demanding a fee soon. I think so. We'll have to be yeah. very careful. And Jesus is back. No, not hey. that one. The oh, other right. one. Okay. <laughs> Andy Cox will be calling in and we'll be hoping Katie. Katie was supposed to be on a podcast and sadly okay, the yeah. recording didn't work. Yeah. Demo, your fault. So hopefully Andy and Katie Bye. will be on as well. Yeah. And um, we, we just want to catch up and find out how everyone's doing since we had them on the right at the beginning, back at the beginning of the end, see how their industries have changed. So it will be great to hear from Andy and Kate about how things yeah. have panned out in Ibiza this year. Great to hear from Owen about business travel and how he's faring in that industry. And obviously Simon and golfing in Spain and the golfing yeah. industry in general. So yes, that is coming very soon. So we're going to try and get these two podcasts out at the same time within a couple of days of each other. So look out on our, obviously you're hearing this one, you've seen our, 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 our Instagram, but we'll be on the Instagram before this mentioning, you know, when they're out so they'll be out very very soon all right excellent as always demo it's a pleasure always definitely a pleasure and uh, look forward to uh, hearing the next one indeed thank you very much guys for listening we'll hear you on the next one yeah